Good morning, Rod Squad. Maybe tomorrow I'll tell you guys about the big game that I went to in San Antonio with Snoop Dogg. Remember that one, Clark? The Lakers and Spurs? Snoop Dogg and I went, Bob. How about that? Snoop Dogg was sitting courtside. I was up in the nosebleeds, but we were in the arena at the same time. Where I was there with him. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome inside the RP Show, your favorite daytime sports talk show. Coming to you now in front of millions of more homes throughout Canada and 31 U.S. states on the Game Plus television network. Very excited about a football Friday today for a lot of reasons. We're also on the radio WQEE in Atlanta. How about this? Write it down, Georgians, the Falcons, as if you don't know, leaders of your division in favor going into this weekend's game. I'm here in South Florida and joining us from Canada's football capital, where he'll be broadcasting football this weekend, the co-host of the program, Darren Moose Dupont. How you doing, Moose? Happy Friday. And either I'm deaf or we don't have audio from Darren Moose Dupont. Darren, you turned your mic off. Uh, That's going to be a problem. So while he does that, I'll tell you coming up on the program today, we've got Jim Barker from the CFL on TSN. We've got Joe Madden from Sports Grid TV. You met her a couple of weeks ago when we were live at Century Downs. And also, what do we got? Andy McNamara, sports betting expert and host. Can you hit the quick sick show horn, please, Director Jordan? And we'll get down to business. I'll say this. It's uh, Darren and I were talking about this yesterday when you were in the Eastern time zone where I reside and Darren normally resides. It's a long day sitting around waiting to get on the air, but today's been a very busy day. I had a meeting, Darren, of my club this morning, which was awesome, and I was on the radio in Edmonton, Sports 1440. As of September 5th, they launched Edmonton's newest and latest sports radio station. I was with Kevin Carius and Eddie Steele, and I just want to say this to everybody, all and sundry. If we work together in this business, we can accomplish some great things. And I'm telling everybody to get on board with it. Between Winnipeg Sports Talk, what we're doing at Game Plus and WQEE, the Barnburner Podcast, Edmonton Sports 1440, the guys out in Vancouver, you get a full day of sports talk and evening leading right into the games. Do you not agree? Like, they let me pump the show on their radio station. I'm pumping 1440 AM Edmonton here now. I'm telling you, it's a dawn of a new era. And if we work together, man, there's the sky's the limit. There's enough appetite for sports in this country for everybody to have some success and have another piece of the pie. And you know what? What's so great about it is we're all providing something a little different, right? I mean, from what they're doing at Edmonton is different from the guys in Vancouver out on the coast to, you know, in Calgary to us to Winnipeg. Um, And out in Toronto, there's other uh, shows out there, too, in that neck of the woods. So it is great. We do need to work together. That's the only way uh, it's going to work. I came up through this business 30, well, 30 years of it before the five years in this, of everybody's fighting, everybody's at each other's throats. Why would you help them? They won't help you. That maybe used to be the way. That ain't the way anymore. The EMJ marketing text lines open 902-518-3033. Shoot us a text right now. 902-518-3033. Whatever you'd like to talk about. Uh, EMJ marketing provides the right keynote speaker for your event. Contact Joe at emjmarketing.com. Before, because it is a football Friday. And again, if you, maybe you just turn your television radios on, whatever. Jim Barker will be with us 
Next segment, CFL on TSN, five-time Grey Cup champion. Joe Madden from Sports Grid TV out of New York, New Jersey. She lives in Calgary. Speaking of dawn of a new era of this business. And uh, Andy McNamara, sports betting expert uh, and uh, talk host later on. I'll just say this. It'd be really no hockey the rest of the way. But our poll question, I want to get it out of the way now. I haven't tweeted it yet, and I don't think the boys have put it up on YouTube. They might not even know what it is. But the poll question... The poll question is for Key Auto Group. At the Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence knowing that they provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed about your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. Is it on YouTube, Clark? It's the one from the meeting. Is, that, is it on YouTube? You do? Okay. Uh, are you following the NHL rookie tournaments this weekend? It's a yes or no. And I'm only going to say yes because I'm going to be at the one in Fort Myers, Florida. For the Panthers, the Lightning, the Hurricanes, and the Predators. But, and I've been looking forward to that. But I wonder how many people are, Darren, because, listen, over in Winnipeg, I saw 5,000 views for a video of the Jets skating a lap around the ice. Yeah. Like, really? Which is fine. That's totally f- How much of you? I'm going to guess over 80% of people say, no, they're not. But that's not to say a hell of a lot of people aren't. You know what I mean? What are you voting, yes or no? Are you into NHL rookie tournaments this weekend? I'm going to vote no. I, I like it because I'm a, such a hockey guy, too. Um, but it's football season for me. This is like the, the heart and the meat yeah. of the football season. So for me, my attention's on football, not on the rookie tournaments yet. Sorry. I'm thanks for the honesty. I'll vote yes because I'm going to be at one, the NHL Southeast Rookie Showcase. But I could see why people wouldn't be. So anyways, can you hit the horn again, Jordan? Let's go. Football now. Jalen Hurts ran for a pair of touchdowns and threw a 63-yard touchdown pass to Devonta Smith as the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles held off the turnover-prone Minnesota Vikings 34-28 on Thursday night football. Jalen shook off a sluggish passing performance in the first half when he connected with Devonta for the scoring strike in the third quarter that made it 27-7. See how I'm on a first-name basis with these guys? This was a bit of a snoozer for me. Ho, I went to bed at halftime. Talk to my... Vikings fan friend, Jeff, the hotelier to the stars. Jeff, the hotelier. I said, your Vikings going to pull this off? He's like, probably not. He was right. And it wasn't much of a Thursday night game. Looks like he got a little more exciting in the second half. But how much of it did you take in? Um, unfortunately, I was traveling last night, so I didn't really get to watch it. But I'm fo- I was following it very closely and then caught all the recaps, watched the extended highlights, that type of thing. Look, it... It's too bad because this is another one for anybody who's a Kirk Cousins hater and the narrative that he doesn't play well or perform in prime time. Look, he had over 350 yards, almost 400 yards passing, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He was good. They covered the spread. That doesn't mean much because he still lost the football game. But they didn't lose because of Kirk Cousins. And for Philadelphia, they ran the ball really well, um, really well. So, um, again, Philadelphia 2-0, and we knew what they were going to be. And, Minnesota's still a good football team despite losing last night. Uh, from the audience and regarding the poll question, the bar flies in Winnipeg says, you can do both. No, you can't. It's a yes or no question. If you're saying you're going to follow both, then it's a yes. You're following rookie tournament because Carlos in Indianapolis says, I'm not paying attention to the NHL rookie camps because I'm not a hockey guy. That's a no. <laughs> okay? It ain't that hard. So we're going to move to the CFL now because it is a football Friday and we are the CFL's favorite television show. We're also the CFL's only television show, but don't tell anybody. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts 
are at the doorstep of clinching the CFL's East Division. The 10-1 and Argos need a win tonight against the Alouettes in Montreal to take the Eastern crown. Toronto coming off a 39-10 home win over the 6-6 six six second-place Alouettes just last week and are undefeated against Montreal this year. We've both picked Toronto to win. The question is by just how much. One of my favorite things, as you know, is watching the game notes, uh, reading the game notes. I read them all for the games this weekend. And how about these Argos? Why? I know the answer to the question. Why do I ask questions I already know the answers to? Why are the Argos not getting the pub? If they go 11-1 and with a win tonight, Darren, it's their best start in 130 years of Argo football. First ever. Ryan Dinwiddie now is in the high, top five winning percentage all time for head coaches. He's, I want to say, 31-15 and 15 or something like that. And they haven't allowed a sack in five games. It's domination. Why is nobody talking about the Toronto Argonauts? I know. Um, I guess at the end of the day, um, not, not sexy enough, I guess, for the market. That's kind of what I've tried to discern. I mean, they're doing some great things. The game day is awesome. I've been there. The product on the field is as good as it is anywhere across the league. Um, they're dominating, as you mentioned. So they're doing all the things right. They're winning football games. And, that's getting its fair share of attention, but I think, you know, just that little, I, I said sexiness, sex appeal, the, the reason to get out of, out of bed and get to the field and I got to watch this team and maybe they need to go into Hamilton and fly an Argos flag at City Hall and piss everybody off and create a rivalry and a reason to, you know, stir things up. I don't know what it's going to take, but um, as to, in terms of the football team, there's not much more they can do on the field than what they're doing. I'm getting a real sense that uh, anybody outside Toronto is full of, are getting uh, their fill of Argo talk. Like Jay in Winnipeg writes in and says, when's the Dinwiddie statue unveil? Um, it's right after the Steve Sarkeesian statue unveil in Austin, Texas. But that's a matter for another day. Um, Arlen Bruce the third writes and he says, great football morning, RP and Moose. I'm heading to the BC Lions game Saturday night in the Lions alumni suite. I have Sask in the Western finals. Also, Colorado Buffaloes. Wow. Let's spend a minute on Coach Prime. They're playing Colorado State this week, I believe. And did you not see the head coach of Colorado State came out and said, when I recruit, I'm loosely saying paraphrasing what he said when i recruit i take off my sunglasses and hat in the parents living room and people were like oh is this a subtle shot at Dion sanders their top rival well of course it is but the one thing that i've realized here and i don't think prime cares there's always 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 going to be haters it don't matter what Dion prime does He's always going to have haters. I'm always going to have haters. You're always going to have haters. Anybody who's done anything significant in life is going to have haters. So go out and do something significant anyways, because the haters ain't done spit. You're never going to win them over. So when I heard that, I'm like, that's just another jealous coach pissed off that he got his ass kicked in the recruiting game by Prime. So anyways, go Buffaloes. Uh, any thoughts before I move on to the other game on Friday Night Football tonight? You nailed it. And, you know, Coach Prime is, is changing the game. And something he puts out on his own social, he said, they're going to hate you if you're not successful and not doing anything. They're going to hate you if you are successful. So you might as well go out and do it and try and accomplish something because they're going to hate you either way when you're different. There you go. You're, uh, you're out. Yeah, he's changing the game, man.
Ding, ding, ding. Saskatchewan Rough Riders host the Edmonton Elks at Mosaic Stadium tonight. The Riders coming off that Banjo Bowl blowout loss last week. Uh, meanwhile, the, I'm reading the Canadian press story. It says the lowly Elks have won three of their last four, including a 25-23 win over Calgary last week. That's the one thing about those that get sand kicked in their face. Eventually, you're not that puny, pasty-faced nerd on the beach. You know, you go to work to tone up and start doing the pushing around. Does that start tonight for the Edmonton Elks? I don't really think so. Hell of a game, though. We're saying this is Canada's game of the week, and nobody's really arguing that. Riders favored by three. You and I are both taking the bet. But if that weren't to happen, what do you think it would take for Edmonton to win tonight? Um, they're going to have to, you know, have a couple of really key plays. And, and I know that sounds like it might be cliche, but we look at games. I mean, the, the, you got to be disciplined. you got to control the clock. Um, and, and you really need to limit the turnovers. But I think for Edmonton, they're going to need a couple big plays. That seems to be, you know, something to ignite this group. Trey Ford started slow last week, but a couple big plays late in that second half, they really got into it. So a timely turnover, you know, to quiet the crowd. Um, Trey Ford making a big play, maybe a, a converting a long second down with his legs. Something like that could really flip the script for Edmonton. Um, for Saskatchewan, I think if they play a, a, a calm game, protect the football, um, they play really well at home, I think they'll be okay, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it tonight. Let's remember they haven't beaten Edmonton without Trevor Harris. They're 2-0 and against Edmonton this year, but they don't have Harris tonight. From the audience, Kevin the Medium says, they only hate you when you're on top. Actually, they hated me when I was on the bottom, too. They've hated me when I was in the middle. I don't care. Robin and Prince Albert says, take a big old drink of haterade. That's Robin from Prince Albert. Uh, do, 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 do. Leanne and Regina says, why would the Colorado State coach poke the bear when they're playing at Colorado? <laughs> Asking questions we don't know the answers to. That's a dumb thing for him to say. Uh, Moose, we got NFL dealer no deal coming up next hour. Hang on, Jeff the Stamps fan says, who should they be cheering for tonight? Elks or Riders? Um, flip a coin. We have two minutes here. How about a Canada West update for our friends from Canada West football? There are three games this weekend. Did I write them down? I know I did. Alberta at Sask. About 11,000 last week for the beatdown at Griffith Stadium. Yeah. Uh, Calgary at Regina and Manitoba at UBC. What's important about this weekend in Canada West football, Moose? We're going to find out what the Alberta Golden Bears are all about. They've got a lot of playmakers. Their quarterback, Eli Hetlinger. Really good, 380 yards last week with the U Sports Player of the Week. Um, they've got some weapons. They really do. And with Coach Morris there, they always are good along the offensive and defensive lines. They produce a lot of Canadian uh, Football League offensive linemen. But the Huskies are the top team in the conference and one of the top teams in the country. So big test for Alberta to find out what they're really made of. And the game I'll be doing on Saturday, Regina-Calgary, two 0-2 teams, somebody needs a win to uh, try and stay alive early, uh, stay alive, but get into that playoff picture for one of the final playoff spots. So that's what's on the line this weekend. Thank you. I just opened the text line for EMJ Marketing. You might have seen my eyes go. That many. Real quick. 
where is it? Patrick writes in. He is in Saskatoon. Hi, Rod. I'd like to hear your thoughts on Kaepernick potentially playing for the New York Jets or any other team. My thoughts? I'll believe it when I see it. Wilf in Steinbeck, Manitoba says, Hi, Rod. Riders over the... Uh, and Moose. Riders over the Elks. Riders need to make a statement game, not mail it in like they did in the Banjo Bowl. From Bomber Boy, watching in Calgary, says, The Argos haven't played a winning team in over three months. How about that? And uh, there are many more. We'll see you back in hour two, Moose. For you fans of the other teams, you people cheering for the Bombers or Ticats in the Hall of Fame game, we'll talk about that next with Jim Barker. Also, the Ottawa-BC game. Um, NFL talk, deal or no deal, coming up in hour two. Some college football talk. That You know what we do? This on these Football Fridays. We'll be right back on the Game Plus television network, WQEE Radio. Podcast and YouTube Live. Collectors, register for the premier sports card convention where collectors, enthusiasts, and sports lovers unite to celebrate the beauty and value of their treasured items. Taking place in Red Deer, Alberta, in the Parkland Pavilion, September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. Get your tickets and more information at premiersportscardcon.ca. That's premiersportscardcon.ca. There's a lot of them out there, you collectibles. See you in Red Deer end of the month let's bring in jim barker weekly chat for emj marketing hey jim good to see you again before we jump to the cfl stuff viewer asked what we think about calling kaepernick going to the jets what do you think the chances are of that happening with aaron Rodgers down uh zero to zero to none i just i can't even visualize a guy who hasn't played that long uh coming back and being able to contribute and you know i mean even even the terminology and things they was used when he was playing is all different and and again i just i think it's kind of uh that that's yeah stranger things have happened but that one would shock me i thought they should have gone gotcha okay can you let's go down that road how hard or difficult would it have been for them to do that uh you know my bet is if they would have claimed him um that jacksonville might have activated him to the 53 i'm not positive of that but i don't think they would i think they know what they have i really do i I, and uh they he's protected and that they can always activate him and that's what i'm guessing would happen but uh again for the jets uh you know rourke is a lot like you know the wilson and they're similar type size they're similar arm strengths they both run well um the offenses would be very transferable between the two i thought it was a you know that would have been a a legitimate legitimate thing but those nfl guys know better joe douglas he's got it (laughs) yeah i gotcha i gotcha hey you know the the hall of fame i thought was the other thing i thought was interesting rod was the caller from calgary he not only needs to be cheering like crazy for the elks but he needs tomorrow to be cheering like crazy for the Bombers to blast the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The only two teams that stand in Calgary's way, 
at this point that they don't control is Saskatchewan and Hamilton. They have to be better than one of those two to make the playoffs. And uh, so that's kind of a no-brainer. But I thought it was kind of interesting, having been in Calgary for so long, to the thought that this weekend they have to cheer for the Elks and then turn around the next day and cheer for the Bombers. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm actually glad you brought that up because I spent a lot of the last two years in Calgary, made a lot of friends, a lot of great relationships, and now people are asking me, What's wrong with the Stamps? You know they have a great fan base in Calgary, but they're four and nine, and they don't know what to do with themselves, and they want answers, the fans, and I don't really have the answers. What do you think's wrong with a four and nine Calgary Stampeders? You know, I again, and I, I never one that uses injuries because everybody has them, and I think they've had a lot of all their game breakers have been hurt and on and off the roster and they haven't been able to get in any continuity i honestly believe the dave dickinson move to gm was hurt him as a coach i don't think he's i think he's maybe getting more involved now but that's tough to do mid-season to all of a sudden now you're going to change gears and get more involved so i think that had a much bigger effect on that team than uh than anybody's willing to to talk about the the collapse against the Elks was epic and and there's there's no explaining that. I mean, I, it's just it's it's impossible to explain. They're doing things they've never done. They're giving up more big plays on special teams than they've ever done. Mark Killam, we hired him back in 2005 from Cochrane High School and he, he, the special teams have he he didn't start doing special teams till like 2007. He was our strength coach at first, but they they've always were solid. And now it's like they can't ha run a special team without there being a penalty. It seems like every single return, there's a penalty. So it's just it's just weird the way the whole thing has come down this year in Calgary. And uh, again, I don't know that you can put your finger on one thing. I think they still have uh, a slew of good players. I think that, like I say, injuries, it's hard to get continuity when you're moving key players in and out. When they lost Malik Henry, that was a big loss for them because he was their big go-to, big play guy. And in this league, you need big plays. You, you need to be able to make big plays. You cannot count on long drives. Hey, I love the analysis and I appreciate it. And I've been doing this in my role a long time. When fans come to you with the questions, you got to try and find the answers. And um, I don't know if you, you I, I think you look at it from a coach's perspective, but I talked to a coach the other day. Dang, I'd love to name him, but I can't. Former Stamps <laughs> coach. He's like, it ain't coaching, Rod. They don't have big enough practice rosters. Dave threatened to make changes, but he can't make changes because they don't have players on the practice roster. I'm like, there's that. You know what I mean? Like they're always going to defend you, the management. I can tell you who you were talking to. I know. Yeah, I know. Don't say it. Don't. Say it. It's a pretty good imitation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I talked to him a lot, so I can imitate him well. <laughs> what are your other thoughts on Week 15 games? Well, again, I think the games today are are the better of the two games. I just are the four games this weekend. Uh, the. The Toronto game is intriguing. Montreal just got smashed last week and physically. And I, I brought it up on the air. It was the worst linebacking I'd ever seen in the CFL in a long time. They were playing uh, Frederick Chagnon, a starting middle linebacker, and they moved Beverett out to Sam linebacker and playing Notre, Bryce Notre, a rookie at will. And they just got run over. So they go out and get Darnell Sankey. 
Um, they've got uh, Avery Williams back. They're moving Beverett back to Will Linebacker. They're going to dress um, Stubblefield to play Sam. So maybe that will help shore it up. But to do that, they have to change their ratio, which means they'll be playing one of either Desjardins at tackle um, when Jamal Davis is in, or they'll play Ugawak on the edge when Sewell plays inside. It's one of those 23 play and that, that rule because Sewell's been with, in the league so long. So he's one of those designated veteran guys that can be a Canadian for 23 plays. So, um, you know, that, that's what they have to do now. So now their front is affected. Um, you know, Toronto hasn't been sacked since, uh, since August 9th. Um, you know, no front has gotten to them. And, and it's amazing. Uh, that it is pretty amazing. Um, but I think that, that, that them making these changes on their, on their defense, they're attacking one thing, but they're weakening another, which is so crucial, which is pass rush. And, uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Like I say, they're secondary. They've got their, um, you know, their only backup in the secondary is Lindley. So if a guy goes down, now Stubblefield's got to move back and play halfback or corner. And he really is a good – I like him as a Sam. He's a bigger guy, but he's not a halfback or corner. But that's the, that's the direction there. So I love looking at the rosters and what teams are doing. So it'll be interesting to see what Toronto does because Toronto's down receivers. Curly Gittens is on the sixth game. He's probably not going to be back for a while. Uh, they're, they're missing uh, Cam Phillips. So they're actually dressing another running back, Deonta McMahon, who is, I saw him at the CGS game with Alex Russell. We watched him as he was a great tailback. And that's what he went to training camp as a tailback. But with Ouellette and Harris and Adababoye and Javon Leak, it's tough to make this team as a tailback. They're going to play him at slot, and he's a dynamic player. He's got he's got great quickness and ability with the ball in his hands. I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, but they're down two receivers, so it's not like Toronto's coming into this game healthy. Uh, I got one for you. The $64,000 question. Last week, you and I both picked Ottawa to win based on rest. They had 11 days. Hamilton had three. What happened? Hamilton won. So is the rest thing overstated or is Ottawa just that bad? I'm going to say Ottawa's that bad. I, I really felt like their whole approach to the game was wrong. I mean, you've got a team coming off a three days rest and you're coming off at two weeks. You ought to have some kind of no huddle tempo offense, something to keep them on the field, to at least mentally make them think they're tired. There was not one thing they did to do that. So, like I say, Ottawa's fallen off my list on that game. You know, I, I just, uh, again, this week they, they could lose by 30. I mean, it's, it's, I just lost a lot of, I, I thought they would come out. This was a huge game for them to keep them involved. They're out now. They're, their chances of making it are, I mean, they're maybe not mathematically eliminated, but their chances are, are becoming very slim so well uh, hey you've you know, you've Edmonton, been in that position Edmonton before the, oh go no ahead doubt. go ahead no doubt so no, the, the reason the i say that yeah go ahead and then i'll finish up when no, you're done. you go ahead tell me what you're going to say well just that you've been in that position because you were in the league a long time they can get a head start on next year now some people in that organization will be doing that that's the benefit i would think about being out of it this early 
Well, I, there's never a benefit to being out of it because guys are going to, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult situation. I don't know how much of a head start. You know, the, the GM's been there for two years. I, I think when, when a G, if a GM or a head coach was to come in early um, and going to evaluate and think that maybe it has some, but when you're out of it, it is difficult. It's difficult to get guys motivated. Uh, the whole thing is just difficult. And they go to BC this week and BC's coming off a bye. And I bet you they hit them with, uh, with some things that, that, you know, your team coming off of a bye does. I mean, that Ottawa secondary is as bad as any I've seen at, they're just, they're terrible. And, uh, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting, but I I honestly believe BC could could really do some damage to to Ottawa. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a heck of a game. Um, the game tonight, the uh, the Edmonton SAS game, boy, that's one I want to talk about because that's going to be an interesting game. This is uh, for Edmonton. It's crucial for them to make the playoffs, like just like Calgary. They've lost the tiebreaker already to Saskatchewan, but they have to catch Saskatchewan or Hamilton. Now Hamilton's in a lot of problems because they got Tundia Delicate. They got their secondaries down. Dylan wins down. Figueroa's not playing. They're moving Revenberg, a great guard, out to tackle where he's an average tackle and playing Jacob Zod at guard. Um, so they've got their their beat to heck. So maybe that's the team that the crossover can happen with. But for Edmonton, they need to beat Saskatchewan tonight. Uh, for Trey Ford, you know, what is he? Is he the guy that throws for 21 yards when I thought Calgary's approach to him was really interesting? They didn't rush. They kind of stayed on the line of scrimmage and said, you know, you're, we're not going to give you run lanes by penetrating and allowing you to slide through. Uh, there's no there's no linebackers that can tackle him in the open field. Uh, he made Micah Alwe look silly. Uh, I think the, you know, between Larry Dean and Micah Tights, I'm not sure they're as athletic as Alwe and, and Cam Judge. And so he's he's difficult in so many respects that way. But they made him stay there and said, you're going to throw it. Now, we're going to drop sometimes nine guys, and the windows aren't going to be big, and we're going to break on the ball, and but we're all looking at you and we're going to make you throw it to beat us. Now, he's got Eugene Lewis. That's a huge factor because Eugene Lewis can be covered and he's still going to come down with the ball. Um, you, there's not many guys like him in the league. They, I, I thought they, um, um, you know, your conversation right before me uh, was, was really interesting because they do need a couple big plays. They need to make a few big plays. The Saskatchewan front much better than than what they saw in Calgary. I think that front with Lanier and um, you know the whole group of them. Robertson. Robertson's back. back. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's good and and you know Philip Blake is back. He's going to be a backup this week, but he gives them so much flexibility. I thought at the end of the year he was one of the best tackles in our league. He was playing left tackle for us in, in Toronto when I was there. And I grew so much respect for him. They could take and play him at either right or left tackle and change the ratio. And now instead of a young Jackson Ford playing free safety, you move Moncrief back there and you play Revis and Sam, and they become a much better football team. So I thought when Jeremy O'Day went after him, we didn't want to lose him in Toronto. I was high, I was there at that point. We didn't want to lose him, but we couldn't afford him. And he deserved the money he got. And we just we couldn't afford to do that. 
Um, I thought it was a really shrewd signing by him because of what could what Woody can do to the ratio. There's not a whole lot of Canadians in the league that can do what what Philip Blake can do. So I think that's huge. Him just dressing as a backup this week for what the future. Uh, what can happen uh, for the Riders in terms of, of their team? So, but I love their defensive front. I think their defensive front's going to do a do a, a much better job on Kevin Brown. So, you know, I think it's going to be a great game tonight. I'll leave you with this. Now that you've sniffed out that coach I was talking to, and everybody can guess what I, I think my who it is. I think my imitation's too good. But you said the people that <laughs> watch is. this show. He he. You said the people that watch this show. He was watching last week. Remember when we said that Trey Ford was compared to Doug Flutie by Jones, my uh, coach was, now Rod, no, Doug, he scrambled to pass. Ford scrambles to run. There's a difference now. And you can yeah, see my biggest see thing, my biggest thing, yeah. my biggest thing with Ford is Ford is a running quarterback. He's just, he's Tracy Ham. He's a running quarterback. Who's trying to learn to become a passer. He wants to be a passer. Doug, well, again, I was only with him his last year in the in the CFL, so I saw him at his very best. He was a straight passer who would run if he had to, and there's a huge difference between that those those two. So, yeah. you know, but, it's it's. But uh, they're both in the Hall of Fame. Tracy and Doug are both in the Hall of Fame. So Trey's and on Tracy the right path. Tracy deserves it, and yeah. Tracy became a of passer, course. and I think that will happen with Trey if the teams yeah, are again, are patient with them, just like they had to be. Yeah, with Tracy. I love. Tracy's a fantastic guy, too. Jim, thanks for this. Have a great uh, broadcast this weekend. Great. Thanks, Rod. CFL on TSN's Jim Barker. We'll be right back with a sports update on the way Sports Grids, uh, sports grids Joe Madden and uh, Andy McNamara, sports betting expert, is like Joe, and a Browns podcast host. We'll be right back on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, podcast, and YouTube Live. Back on the old uh, RP show. Welcome, everybody, on a football Friday. Uh, bear with me. It's just you and me to the top of the hour. So if you really want to get in with your comments and questions, do it now. That should uh, potentially ruffle some feathers in Calgary, but they probably need to be ruffled. The Stampeders 4-9 asking uh, Jim Barker what is his assessment of what's wrong with the Calgary Stampeders. And he says Dave Dickinson's move to the general manager role has hurt his coaching. So there you go. The Stamps fans want to know. There's one man's opinion, a guy who's been through it and a guy that's been through those offices. Jim Barker spent a lot of years with the Calgary Stampeders. Ted in Red Deer writes in, says, Coach Barker and Rod must see TV. Just need a coffee and then watch and learn. Awesome. Thank you, Ted. He does all the work. But we know that. Who was it? Somebody wrote in here and said, does Huff, I think it was John Ohm. Um, says, does Huff still live in Calgary? And Jeff, the Stamps fan, says uh, he lives here, but less. Spending more off-season in the States now. Uh, I'll tell you what. 
I feel very grateful to have spent the last two summers in Calgary and even more grateful to have been welcomed into the Stampeders press box. And it's not like I'm telling any tales out of school. Just from what I see in that press box, Huff is very visible. And also being at the Combine in, was it March in Edmonton? It looks like Huff is as round, around as much as he's always been. But I don't know what, I also know that we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know what goes on over the phone, text and call. Do you know what I mean? Like when the uh, Alouettes there, Bob Wettenhall, the old owner, and when I say old, I mean former owner, but he was also old. Anybody who worked for him or played for him just loved him and thought he walked on water, Bob Wettenhall. When he walked away and turned the team over to his kid, he ran it right into the ground. It was like uh, a boat. You know? The old man captain uh, went under or turned it over to his kid and he ran it right into the rocks. It happens all the time. And the reason I bring that up is when I, and I'm not comparing Dave Dickinson to Andrew Wett and all the kid, but what I am saying to you is when I was in the CFL, you folks, you people now know me well enough that this wouldn't surprise you. When we would come into Montreal with the Rough Riders, I would have all kinds of Alouette staff, their broadcasters, uh, come up to me and just spill their guts on what was going on in their organization. And uh, this was after Bob left and they were really struggling. That was around the time Johnny Manziel showed up. And they, I said, well, how actively involved is Andrew Wettenhall around here? And the one guy said, well, we never see him. And I said, well, that could mean two things, but neither one's good. He's either completely absent or he's running the team remotely, which also isn't good if you're going to run the team. Um, Bob Wettenhall, as far as I knew, was around because any CFL coaches told me that Wettenhall was always on the field. He's not with us anymore, is he, Bob Wettenhall? I... One coach told me a story of uh, Wettenhall was on the field. It was a road game for the Alouettes. They were in Hamilton. And Wettenhall was there with a younger lady on the sidelines. And Bob excused himself because he had to go to the restroom. So that coach turned to the young lady and said, your dad is a fine man. She's like, oh, that's my husband. You guys awake back there? Wasn't a joke, by the way. Just a great story. Uh, let me get into a sports update, and then we can jump back into the football talk. The Toronto Blue Jays begin a three-game series with the Boston Red Sox tonight at Rogers Center. The Jays fell 9-2 Friday, uh, Thursday night to the Texas Rangers, who completed a four-game sweep. The loss dropped the Blue Jays to a game and a half back of the Seattle Mariners in the race for the third and final American League wildcard berth. The NHL Players Association says its executive director and assistant executive director are in Columbus, Ohio, to investigate reports of Blue Jackets head coach Mike Babcock invading players' privacy. Babcock said Tuesday he had done nothing wrong by asking players to show him family photos from their phones, clarifying he was trying to get to know them. If you haven't heard, ex-NHLer and Spittin' Chicklets podcast host Paul Bissonnette said he was told by an unidentified player that Babcock asked players to see photos on their phones and would then stream them on his television. Babcock and Columbus Captain Boone Jenner said in a joint statement released by the Blue Jackets that the report is, quote, a gross misrepresentation of those meetings and extremely offensive, unquote. Now, producer Clark made me aware of a story this morning that Darren Dreger 
was on a show. Do you know what show it was, Clark? What it, it doesn't really matter, but what's that on? On the radio? Okay, uh, Dreger was on the radio in Toronto this morning saying, uh, based on what he's heard, Mike Babcock's job is now in jeopardy. So uh, it's a football Friday. I know people are going to want to know my thoughts on that. I guess my point is, uh, if he's guilty of what he's accused of, then he should lose his job. And I will also say I was willing to give Mike Babcock a chance, a second chance. But if he's, if he's, he's saying here he did nothing wrong, in all those interviews on our show, he never apologized for anything he's done. And I've given him plenty of opportunities. So if he's doing all the same stuff he did in Toronto and got fired for, then he deserves to be fired. But I'm not also saying that Biz is correct. That's what the investigation's for. But if he's found to have done this and violated their privacy, he needs to be fired. How about that? Before camp even How begins. About that? Our sports updates are brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company. They have the perfect craft beer for your enjoyment, featuring their core five, Good Company Hazy Pale Ale, Common Crown Crafted Lager, Journeyman IPA, Brewmaster Blonde Ale, and Coppersmith Brown Ale. Four of those sit below 5% ABV, making them the ideal beer for your everyday common affair. 100% viewer takeover in the next segment. Moose returns in hour two along with Joe Madden, the sports betting analyst, Joe, the great gal from Sports Grid TV, and Andy McNamara in hour two. We'll be right back on Game Plus TV, WQEE Radio, YouTube Live and Podcast. All right, welcome back, everybody, for what is not overtime, but it's very similar to it. I call it audience takeover, and wherever you're watching from today, I wanted to have some fun. But we have fun every day, but even more fun today. We're live right now, I think, on Game Plus TV, WQE Radio. Wherever you're watching and listening from right now, shoot us a text on the EMJ Marketing text line, 902-518-3033. We're now in 4 million homes in Canada. I think that's awesome. On the radio in Atlanta, thanks for making us part of your day. It is a football Friday, but on the Babcock stuff, and thank you, Clark, for alerting me to it this morning. The bar flies in Winnipeg watching says, I can't see why Columbus would even take Babcock on in the first place. Must want a PR nightmare. I was surprised. But I'm also an advocate of second chances. And if Babs blows it, that's on him. T. Will in Winnipeg says, if Babs did actually do that, that's some stunningly, breathtakingly bad judgment on his part. Is he really that self-unaware when he had to know that he was probably on a short lease to begin with? I don't think he thought about that. I don't think he cares. I don't think many of us can get inside Mike Babcock's head. And if you were watching yesterday or the day before when this went down, I said, I've been on teams where this has happened before. I've been on a team where the coach at the front of the bus asked all players to send their phones to the front of the bus. And he put them in a pillowcase. He didn't look at any of them. But this is not just on Mike Babcock. That's just the old 
hockey way. And by the way, I'm not even saying that's right. There's been a lot of wrong things go on for a long time, but just so you know, it ain't strictly relegated to hockey. Allie in Texas says, always a fun day on the RP show. Thank you, Allie. And Chad Yanchiki in Winnipeg says, one week until the WHL season kicks off. Looking forward to some junior hockey again. Go Wheat Kings. Pats are at PA tonight, God's team. Um, to the football, Nelson says, forget teams not being able to make midseason coaching moves. The operations cap has created this culture of coaches wearing multiple hats. Just let your horses run. Don't tie them down. That's what he says, but I don't know what he means by that, but that's fine too. I don't like the cap. By the way, I said this last week, and I'm past people even trying to listen to me. Some will, some won't. But I said last week, if you have questions for Jim Barker, write me ahead of time, because I don't look at the screen when I'm interviewing Jim. It would be disrespectful. So then he gets off the air, and then I see all the questions. So send him in ahead of time. I said it last week. Nobody was listening. I'm used to that. Nelson also says regarding tonight's game, Pete Robertson is going to be hungry coming off the suspended list and will eat Trey Ford alive. Jeff the Stampeders fan responds and says, Nelson, that's tasteless in light of recent events. And I just think that's fantastic that you said that. What, the, since the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary came out on Netflix? Brian in Hudson Bay says, I never cared for Jim Barker that much. This is on the EMJ marketing text line. Until he started coming on your show. Very well spoken and really knows what he's talking about. He might make a great GM. You're joking, right? I think, I think he's done, but you never know. We thought Babcock was done. Lands up in... Uh, Columbus, who knows? Moose next hour, we're going to play NFL Deal or No Deal. And Joe Madden from Sports Grid TV, and know where you love her. And Andy McNamara, Browns podcast. Stick around after this brief pause on Game Plus and the key.